Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week we're going to be discussing Michigan's 51-7 win over an unranked Colorado State. We're bringing back a lot of the fun segments that we used to do if you listened to us in years past. So hopefully it will be a fun format for us to discuss the game. I'm really excited about it. Um, Harley, do you want to introduce what our first segment is going to be to summarize the game? Don't mind if I do. Um, so we're going to take <laughs> oh, a little oh piece of, of out of ESPN's book, and we're going to be introducing the first ever uh, segment of Around the Hand and Harl, uh, much like the Around the Horn. Um, so the purpose of this is we're going to summarize uh, the game each week in a minute or less, um, and hopefully get the point across in... In case you missed it, and you just need to, you know, relive or relay the information of the previous game. So, would you like to go first? Yeah, but also, we're going to be awarding each other points based on how good our summary was. There's no, like, definitive scale, but one of us will come away from this as the winner. And I have prepared my one minute, and I think it might last way more than a minute, but cut me off at the one minute mark. Okay. Just let me know when you're about to go. Can you just start recording when I start talking? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, sorry, not recording, like, you know, time keeping. Yeah, I was, like, confused, and then I think I was, like, <laughs> just trying to figure out what you Yeah, yeah for sure, whenever you're ready. Okay. I wish I would have, like, rehearsed this, but it's okay. Oof, I'm, I'm shaking. Okay. Michigan beat Colorado State by 44 points, and even though Colorado State is one of our three cupcake games, it is still more than most people had us winning by. And also, important to note, Colorado State is supposed to be much better than Hawaii and UConn, so do with that what you will. It was week one of the quarterback battle that John Harbaugh confirmed via RG3 was inspired by the Book of Ecclesiastes, and it was Cade McNamara's week to start, and he looked good, not great most of the time, and sometimes he didn't even look good. And I personally think he was nervous because he looked worse than he did most of last season. J.J. McCarthy came in for, like, a few snaps, more than a few snaps, and he looked like a shining star, and most of the Michigan fandom decided to write off Cade and was like, J.J. is our 2022 starting quarterback after that game. And, like, I think they might be right. And then... Cade had some comments at the post. Okay, our pass (laughs) rush looked really good, and and there was, like, a truly remarkable number of defenders that had quarterback pressures, and everyone decided that it was their personal responsibility to make up for the loss of David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson. Woo! Okay, that was actually the end of it. How many points did I get? I mean, I think I, like, disrupt you, so I'll, like, give you a point back, Um, but... I, I don't know if I can, like, even, like, begin to, like, deliver such a holistic, like, in-depth picture of the game. So. Oh, really? So I get, like, five points? Yeah, I'll give you, like, five points. Thanks. <laughs> I, like, I just got to choose my number of points. Okay, let me get out my timer to, um. I don't even know if I'm going like, to make vibes. it to a minute. Because, in all honesty, like, you know, I'll just, I'll just talk. Okay. Well, we I'll already, start we, timing. We already got the gist of it. So Michigan beat Colorado State, uh, fifty-one to seven. But I think for a lot of people, maybe the first uh, drive of the game was probably a little bit iffy for them. But again, this was the first game of the season, so Michigan to play as dominantly as they did, despite Colorado State being Colorado State and not like an actual like 
tough opponent for Michigan. I think it was kind of like a refreshing, like, continuation of last year's performance. There didn't really seem to be any, like, lag um, in play, despite losing a lot of, like, its fiery players from last year and some of its coaches from last year that the people grew to fondly love. Okay, that's just my problem. But anyway, um, I think Mich- I think Michigan looked really dominant defensively, offensive line, and the offense looked like it was firing on all cylinders. And I don't think Michigan um, is as far behind as they were last year that people say that they are. Yeah. All right, that was right, <laughs> right at the buzzer. Um, I'm gonna give you. Oh, how, now I have to decide if you're gonna beat me. But I feel like you kind of complimented me, like you pointed out the things that I didn't mention. So for that, I'll give you also a five, and then we end with 10 out of 10. Perfect. Just like Michigan. Maybe next week we need to have, like, a um, rubric. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so our next segment that we have planned is Glows and Grows. So this is where each of us will give one or two glows, which, you know, things that were glowing from the game, highlights, and then grows, which are... Growth areas. <laughs> this is my teacher language coming out. <laughs> Things that Michigan could improve on that we want to see them do better at in the future. So, Harley, do you want to start with your first glow? Okay, so my glow was... I guess I'm just going to do both because it was okay. just the defense and, by extension, the defensive line. Um, so the defense only allowed one sack on the game, and they themselves had combined for seven sacks. They allowed 82 yards rushing and 137 yards passing. Um, To put that into perspective, Michigan's home opener last year against Western, uh, the defense allowed 191 passing yards and 126 rushing yards. So a lot of people obviously like look up to the 2021 team because of how they were able to do – and bounce back from the 2020 season. But like I said, it's been a continuation into this season, and I think we should give them a lot of credit for that because they did exceedingly well. And though I think Western could definitely beat the likes of Colorado State, I think they're probably a lot more evenly matched um, than, you know, Hawaii or UConn. So my glow of the week is the defense and the defensive line. My glow... To elaborate on Harley Garley is, <laughs> um, I I had the pass rush, so, like, along the same lines, just, like, getting more and more specific. I also, just in general, our defensive line looks so deep, which I feel like is the opposite of what I was saying last week. Like, the defense was where we had the most question marks, but um, I can't remember who. Someone was saying... In, like, some interview I was reading somewhere, one of the defensive players was like, yeah, we all kind of had a chip on our shoulder because everyone was talking about how deep the offense was and everyone was, like, kind of questioning how Michigan would go on without Hutchinson and Ojabo. Um, And they definitely played like they had a chip on their shoulder. Everyone, like, everyone was in line to sack sack Colorado State's poor (laughs) little quarterback. (laughs) Um, First time starting quarterback. Um, I'm just going to pull up some stats from our pass rush because I think it's just fascinating. Um, Michigan had 11 tackles for loss. 11 different players had at least half of a TFL. And um, seven sacks in total with at least nine players recording at least half of a sack. 
So that's like literally just anyone you can imagine, like the average person walking down the streets of Ann Arbor had a sack on uh, Colorado State's quarterback this past week. Everyone, everyone was sacking him. Everyone was pressuring him. Um, and there were some guys who looked really, really exciting. Like I'm excited about um, Iabi Anoma, which isn't like a new thing. Everyone's excited about him, but mm-hmm. he wasn't in that much. But like the second he went in, he had a sack on his first play. Like I think there are quite a few players where it's like, ooh, our our pass run- rush and our defense in general is going to be really good this year. Exactly, and I think the only reason why like I had like some general question marks surrounding them was because once again we had like a new like defensive coordinator coming in so I just wanted to see like what they were going to be doing with the defense and like kind of how the both Mike Elson and Jesse Montero were talking about all this post offseason was just like the guys were already like shining stars uh, to put into views terms and they just like continue to like elevate like the success that they already had instilled in them previously and they just kind of like get to be there you know along for the ride and while they can still like be like there for like leadership and like coaching like roles like the defense was already rolling and they've always and like everyone that's new into the coaching staff has already been like beyond and past so it was nice to see how that was like working in tandem together so I liked it a lot (laughs) what about some grows okay so my grow do you want to give your grow first or should I uh I'll have you give your grow first since I went for the grows my grow, I mean, it's hard to point out a grow in a game that's mm-hmm. so, like, not a good opponent for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from just kind of a shaky start, which I think, like, the first game of the season tends to be, like, not as dominant as you hope, at least the first couple of plays. But mm-hmm. overall, I would say my biggest grow was our red zone offense, which was probably also my biggest grow for last season. Um, we completed three of nine red zone pass attempts, which I think all of which, or most of which, were Cade McNamara. Mm -hmm. And we only had 45 yards on 12 red zone carries. So just overall, red zone offense is something we need to improve upon. If JJ is our quarterback this year, then, like, he can just kind of, like, run around (laughs) (laughs) and and make it work. But with Cade McNamara, that does seem to be a problem. Um, I had something along, like, a similar line, just, like, um, converting... I had, so I believe I read, let me pull it up here, yeah, so Michigan's third down efficiency, we were 3 for 10 on third down, which Hmm. isn't exactly stellar, but I think it's definitely something that they can improve upon, honestly, by, like, next game, and for the duration of the season, so it's not something that's, like, necessarily, like, you have to worry about and, like, reflect on, like, oh, Michigan, like, doesn't figure this out now, it's going to be really bad, because quarterback play and then the play from, like, the defense, offense, special teams was all just, like, firing. And, like, it, there didn't really seem to be, like, I said, like, kind of like a drop-off, honestly. So, again, like you had said, just to reiterate, it, there was, there was kind of hard to find, like, something that had to be, like, improved on without being, like, super technical. Because, again, you kind of give them, like, leniency because it's the first game of the season. But if we, like, kind of saw those things, like, later on, like, you know, week nine be like kind of concerned um but I think they just and especially for K just being more in sync with his receivers is probably like the only thing that I truly had um mm-hmm. but again that's just like first game maybe being in your head about the quarterback battle who knows but these are all very like fixable things 
I agree. I, I did think Cade was playing just kind of, like, out of character. Like, it's not like he looked awful, but it's kind of annoying that, like, that's what we have to go off of in terms of the quarterback battle. Because it's like, that's not really what he looked like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh is, like, aware of that. And it still does look like J.J. McCarthy is just better. Also, I was thinking in terms of, like, so we went three and out on our first drive. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, like, that's not how you want to start out the season. However, I was thinking about our sweet young man, Shea Patterson, who used to fumble the first, like, first drive, first, like... Yeah, the opening drive. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, I'm, like, struggling to find my words. That was when Harley and I coined the term P the B because Shea Patterson could not protect the ball. (laughs) So, yeah, just putting things in perspective. We are not just in 2019 anymore. Yeah, and we're not in 2020, so I guess we can be grateful for that. Yes. That, like, a lot, a lot of it was, like, very, like, cosmetic stuff that had to be fixed. So, I feel good going on. Do you want to introduce um, our new segment that we have next? Yes, this is, like something we've never done before I am kind of um (laughs) curious about how it will go um so if you're an OG (laughs) listener we used to have a segment called goofy stats and I'm like honestly unsure where we like found all of these goofy stats but we just go through (laughs) stats that we thought were funny from that game um this year we decided to do it as two truths and a lie so each of us has a list of three stats two of which are true and one of which is a lie so we're going to read all three of our stats, give you, the listeners, a couple seconds to think about which one you think is the lie, and then the other one of us will guess which one is a lie, and then we'll reveal the truth. So good. Okay. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. 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 Number one, Kate rushed negative eight yards. Number two, Jake Moody scored the most points out of any player. Number three, Michigan only punted three times the entire game. Wait, okay. I know that Cade rushed for negative eight yards, I think, because I think he... I, not you giggling, like, it's not true. And I'm, like, trying to force myself not to look because we have the box score, like, copied and pasted into the document we're working off of, but I'm not going to look. I think that one's true. Um, okay. Jake Moody... I don't know if it's possible for him to have scored the most points because we had 51 points. Like, mathematically, he didn't have that many field goals. But then also I, I thought that... I was including the uh, extra points as well, point after. Yeah, I know, but, like, okay, so if we had, like, for each touchdown... Ugh, I don't know, that's too much math. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, we only punted three times. I'm pretty sure we only punted twice. So I'm going to say that last one is the lie. Correct. I can't believe Jake Moody scored the most points. Like, I don't understand the math on that. He had 15 points off three field goals and six extra points. Oh! My brain does not work. (laughs) I was thinking, like, he scored more points than the rest of the team combined. No, I scored the most points of any player. No, okay, that that makes sense. And that is what you said. My brain was just, like, not processing it. (laughs) So I hope you got um, the lie. That is correct, Hannah. Um, did say that Michigan did punt just twice. So the lie yeah. was number three. Good job, everyone. Okay. And then Han <laughs> couldn't fool you. Yeah, because 
I mean, just could, I could just confuse to... you. I couldn't fool you. Right. <laughs> it's the math. The math gets to me. Good to know for next time. <laughs> okay, I apologize in advance that mine are kind of lengthy stats that I got off of Twitter. Okay, cool. Well, okay. So, number one, J.J. McCarthy apparently runs a 4.540 time. If he were in the NFL right now, he would be the fourth fastest quarterback in the league. Number two, Michigan had seven sacks in its season opener against Colorado State. Last year, um, Michigan had seven sacks combined in its first four games. And the third one, Michigan is ranked five on the AP poll going into week two. The last time that Michigan was in the top six going into week two was the 1997 team that went on to beat Washington State in the Rose Bowl. Interesting. Okay, I'll give y'all a few seconds before I reveal my answer. <laughs> and I hope that I'm right in thinking that Michigan okay. is indeed number four in the AP poll. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true, but that was just a mistake on my part. <laughs> They're five in the coaches' poll. Um, but that is the one that's false, but the reason it's false, aside from my mistake... <laughs> is that Michigan was ranked um, six in the AP poll going into week two in 2016. So 97 was definitely not the last time. Well, you know, I still figured it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to give credit to the other stats that I got off of Twitter. That first mm-hmm. one, that um, J.J. McCarthy would be the fourth fastest quarterback in the NFL. That would be after only Kyler Murray, Lamar Jas- Jackson, and Justin Fields. And that was from at Yumish Headline on Twitter, so I hope you're a reliable source. <laughs> and then um, the Michigan had seven sacks in its game, and then last year we had seven sacks combined in the first four games. That was from the one and only Scott Bell. Mm-hmm. I remember. Did you see those one. ones? I remember <laughs> I both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to move into superlatives? Of course. So, bringing back one of maybe our favorite segments, we're going to hand out the superlatives of the week. Um, Maybe you should kick off first, because I know you don't want to read number two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Diaper Dandy of of the Week was an award that we originally gave to Jordan Poole, which just shows the age of this podcast. Um, This week's Diaper Dandy of the Week, we deliberated for about 10 seconds because we wanted to find someone kind of, like, unique and different to give this to but it has to go to jj mccarthy he looked fantastic for the time he was in he was four for four on pass attempts um for 30 yards he had three carries for 50 yards including a touchdown he looks like the star that he is so mm-hmm. he's our diaper dandy and i know he's yeah. not a freshman but he's still like very infantile in my <laughs> and don't forget his qbr of 99.9 which i'm pretty sure was like the highest graded out of anybody on the team yeah but interestingly like enough, not else. to, like, throw people <laughs> off, but, like, Alan Bowman, our, our third-string quarterback, um, threw for more yards than than J.J. McCarthy did. Yeah, by 10. But anywho. <laughs> okay, so number two. The one that Han didn't want to read, which I guess is kind no, of creepy, But <laughs> this one is the diaper daddy of the week. So shout out to Eric All and his girlfriend for having their son, Houston. Well, more specifically, Eric All's girlfriend for giving birth to his son on Saturday morning. 
Um, at 7.30, before the game even started, Eric Ball became a dad, and then Jim Harbaugh had some quote about not knowing the exact measurements, but being sure that, you know, Houston is going to be a potential uh, target for Michigan football in the future. So congrats to Eric Ball and his girlfriend for becoming parents and for winning the Diaper Daddy of the Week. Yeah, Harbaugh's exact quote was that the child looks long and athletic, which I guess oh, yeah, there it from is from Eric Hall's <laughs> child. <laughs> um, our next superlative is Mustache Man, which goes to Brad Robbins, who was going viral on Twitter for his uh, newly minted... Actually, I don't think it's new. I think he might have had it before. But his bald head and his mustache, it's quite a look. I also saw like an almost disturbing... Um, series of photos of his transformation from his freshman year to now, which is his second grad year. Like, mm-hmm. he, the man has aged. Now he looks like <laughs> a man with a bald head and a mustache. And uh, a first runner up is Jake Moody, who, like, also has a mustache, just, like, not quite as disturbing. Um, but I guess our, our special teams decided to be the, the mustache crew this, this season. Perhaps like the mustache men. The mustache one, yes. And I think we have to bring this award back, uh, which is the DJ award. Um, So this is like a two-parter, because (laughs) while I was watching the game on Sunday, uh, I kept hearing, like, the, like, you know, music in the background, and I totally remember that, like, Michigan has, like, a DJ at the big house now. So uh, the DJ award goes to the DJ at the big house, um, but... To not forget, DJ Wilson is also the second part to the DJ award. So DJ Wilson. Can I just say, like, I, I know it's such a stereotype at Michigan and probably at other schools with, like, quote-unquote historic programs, but, like, it's mm-hmm. such a stereotype that the old alumni hate all the new traditions that the school brings in and they're like, back in my day, it was like this and this. And I know I'm becoming that, but I just cannot get behind the DJ in the big house. The DJ was there for the <laughs> Ohio State game, and it was, like, so bizarre to me. I don't know. I feel like the marching band and, like, the occasional, like, music that they pump in is good enough. The DJ weirds me out. Oh, okay. You heard it here first. Do you not feel the same way? I mean, I haven't heard the DJ, like, live and in action, so I don't know. I'll get back to you on that, though. Okay, yeah, get back to me. <laughs> Um, the Sprinting Up the Big House Award goes to RG3. Um, he was doing color commentary for this broadcast, and might I say it was the most, like, chaotic and wonderful thing I've ever seen. But there was, like, one segment, well, he comes into, like, the booth, and he's, like, drenched in sweat, and then they cut to him, like, sprinting up the bleachers of the big house for, like, they might have explained why he opted into doing that, but I, I couldn't hear it. Um, and everyone was just kind of, like, moving out of his way, unfazed. Um, so the Sprinting Up the Big House Award goes to RG3 because he did that for some reason. I mean, to be fair, that's the only way to get up to the press box from where he was. <laughs> Unless he wants to go out back through the tunnel and around. I so guess I think you're it was right, pretty efficient. Guess, <laughs> like, if Wait, should RG3, we get this award, too? I mean, we have done that. We have done this. Many times. Many but not, times. like, through the crowd. <laughs> I guess, like, okay, so he I definitely have done it through, through the, the crowd. He came out through the tunnel onto the field. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the press boxes are on the other side mm-hmm. from the tunnel. But can't you just go 
Do the press? Oh, I guess yeah. Of course they don't you take can't, around. Yeah, it was yeah. Like you have to go up <laughs> with the concourse. Unless you want to be like walking down and then go the to the stairs. And, like, yeah, see the views from Stadium Boulevard. Yeah, you're That's right. You're, that is yeah. what he had to do. <laughs> okay. Next right. award. You want to <laughs> give it? For sure. Uh, moving on. So we have the leading receiver award. Um, so we're gonna give that out to Roman Wilson this week. Um, who had two receives for 65 <laughs> yards, which averaged out to 32.5 yards per receive um, and one touchdown. <laughs> um, he had the opening TD of the game, which was a nice 61-yard touchdown to put Michigan up first. So shout out to Roman Wilson. Oh. And we predicted that, so maybe we should give we ourselves did. the leading receiver award. <laughs> the number of people... Well, okay, it's, like, two people. But, like, two people have told me that they've started calling catches receives because of our podcast. And then every time I get corrected and someone's like, what do you mean receives? You mean, like, receptions or, like, catches? I'm like, no. Have you ever listened to views from Stadium Boulevard? They're called <laughs> receives. <laughs> um, also, like, the parody within our receiving room, we had, like, a hundred different receivers who all had one receive each. The only people who had two receives were Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, and Colston Loveland. Incredible. I think that's what we were also talking about last week. It was just like, there's so many that it's going to be like difficult for one to be like the go-to. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the only punted twice award goes to Michigan because they only punted twice. Also, that's why I knew that that one was the truth, or, like, the lie in your little scheme. <laughs> in my little scheme. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I just have to make sure that, you like, you're paying attention to the outline. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, think it's really probably, arguably, the best award of the week. Which is the Franz of the Week Award, so... We started giving this out when no other than Franz Wagner appeared on the scene in Ann Arbor... And we could still give out this award because Franz Wagner was balling out for Germany, I do believe. He had 32 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, shooting 60% from the floor, um, and was 4 of 6 from from 3. So, only Franz. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. But I guess we'll give the most uh, standout award. And that is your honor of presenting this one. <laughs> so I would say the two most prestigious awards that we give out each week are Franz of the Week, which really can only go to one person, and the Vibed the Vibes Award. And the Vibed the Vibes Award is like our uh, equivalent to an MVP, I would say. And mm-hmm. this week, our Vibed the Vibes Award had to go to the defensive line. There's really no other option. And we already gave plenty of stats, so hopefully you're convinced that the defensive line is worthy of this honor. I agree. There is no need to explain, because they definitely vibe the vibes. Yes. I hope they can repeat in week two. We'll find out. Revive, as they say. And I have to say, moving on from (laughs) superlatives, we're going to discuss, by far... The topic that you're probably sick and tired of hearing all about. But, you know, we're going to bring it up one more time. But this time we're going to have a rant. Uh, a hand rant, if you if you may. Um, so please, take it away. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say. 
about the We Get It Already This Week, which is the K press conference comments that occurred after the game against Colorado State. But also, Harley, it's not called yeah. a hand rant. It's called a hand. It's like hand rant. No, it's not a hand. Maybe you should like update the outline then. Okay. Give me one moment. <laughs> hand. <laughs> okay. Um. So as just to be clear, know, that wasn't the hand rant about her <laughs> saying yeah. it's a hand. This is the real hand. Okay, a hint, hint incoming. Okay. Yes. So, um, as you know, Harbaugh's a little funky. Um, and <laughs> we had two quarterbacks who looked pretty solid. We explained the quarterback battle last week. So, if you were confused, you can go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, and this past week, as we mentioned, Cade McNamara didn't look great. JJ McCarthy did. After the game, Cade McNamara was brought out um, for the post-game presser, which is pretty standard, especially because he was the starting quarterback. Um, and he made some comments that Twitter, Michigan Twitter, um, was not happy with. He basically was like, this quarterback battle is unusual. I thought I had my best camp ever. Um, and he, he sounded a little sassy, like, Everyone on Twitter who was there, not everyone on Twitter who was there, but, like, everyone who I saw on Twitter who was in that press room um, mm-hmm. said that it, you could feel the tension in the air. Oh, yeah, Harley, I'm supposed to give you space to, like, respond to, like, thoughts this <laughs> I mean, you're just giving the background info, so I could just be like, mm-hmm, or maybe giggling. Okay. So keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and then, at least, like, from where I sat on my couch looking at Twitter... People seemed really upset with Cade McNamara. They're like, that's unprofessional. Um, you didn't play well enough. Like, let the let J.J. McCarthy, like, take his spot. I don't know. It, it, people were not happy with Cade McNamara. And I, I get it on one hand. Like, I want to preface this by saying that I'm not arguing that Cade McNamara should be the, the de facto starter. I'm not saying that it would be a bad choice for J.J. McCarthy to be the starter. I mean, I think this whole podcast I've been saying that J.J. McCarthy looked fantastic and Cade looked iffy. But the thing that I think as Michigan fans we need to have a little bit more empathy with is that Cade McNamara is 22 years old, I believe, maybe 21. He's been working at this for a very long time. Last year, he had arguably, or not he, but he led Michigan to the best season that they've had in recent history. And if you can just think of it from his perspective for like a second, as an athlete, as a kid, he's constantly doing whatever he can to try to win that starting position. That is his like goal, the big thing he's working towards. And you have to imagine that at the end of last season, he felt this weight off his shoulders like, oh my gosh, I did whatever it takes to get that starting position. I earned it. The coaches can't ignore me now. I know, like, just so proud of himself, so relieved that he knows he has that starting position, at least at the beginning of next season. And then Mm -hmm. to find out that the coach is doing something, like, unusual and unconventional in giving the quarterback, like, your backup quarterback, a chance to be the starting quarterback next year and not really sticking with the, I don't know, not tradition, but, like, maybe what we would have assumed that Cade would be the, the starter until J.J., takes that spot from him I'm sure that was just like very hard to hear and then to have a game where it's your one chance to prove that you can do what you set out to do and then you have a shaky game and you look nervous and you look not great 
I, like, really do not blame Cade McNamara as a college kid for coming out a little, like, sassy and frustrated in the press conference because I think that is one of the most frustrating situations that a kid like him can be in. I mean, I know he's an adult, but, like, a college student like him can be in. Especially given, like, from his perspective, if he doesn't get this starting position, his football career is likely pretty much over. Like, that sucks for him. Okay, Harley, react to my hand. You know, I have to agree, but I can also, like, see, like, how it kind of, like, rubs people the wrong way, just in the sense that, like, kind of how everyone was saying, like, it's not just, like, a guarantee just because, you know, you did pull off those feats, and um, I think just because, like, there wasn't really, like, an indication that, like, you know, it was particularly bad, I mean, yeah, like, we can look at, like, JJ's TBR, but, like, he really only had, like, four throws and then, like, a rushing touchdown. So, like, of course, he could, like, elevate his, like, pad his stats for being four for four on, like, throws. But, like, Cade, like, still, like, did the game, like, pretty decently. It didn't really, like, have any turnovers. I mean, there was a close one, but, like, it wasn't his... I guess it just wasn't, like, super memorable and, like, maybe people thought it'd be, like, a little bit more flashy and, like, you know, see some more, like, tenacity of, like, how I want to, like prove that like this is still mine and I'm sure like mm-hmm. it was probably frustrating to see that it wasn't as such and then hit, for him to get like up there and to say like oh you know like it's kind of weird that this happened um it was unexpected that kind of thing um I think just rub people the wrong way but you know like you said he is working so hard to earn that spot he elevated Michigan to like where they were, are now and really like elevated them um, out of, like, that 2020 slump. So it's kind of hard to, like, discredit him for that and to just kind of, like, toss him aside for something, like, new and shiny. But, like, you know, if it's not a guarantee just because you do those things, like, if somebody else is going to beat you out for your spot, someone else is going to beat you out for your spot, then you're going to have to be okay with being second string. Or you're going to have to be okay with coming off the bench, you know, after you got the start for, like, X amount of years. So it's just definitely like difficult to like grapple with but like he can maybe like still find success from wherever like he lands QB1, QB2. Like he will definitely like will want obviously to be the starter but at the same time like if this is what going is if this is what's going to lead Machine to be successful I do believe that because of how much like both players like believe in the program that Cade will inevitably be fine wherever he ends up. So, yeah. or JJ too, I agree. you know? So Definitely. I agree yeah. with everything you said. I just think sometimes it's frustrating seeing, like, and I know I totally do this sometimes too, but it's frustrating seeing, especially on Twitter, like, I don't think you see it as much if you follow Michigan sports, like, on sports radio or reading articles, but on Twitter, people can really dehumanize the players, mm-hmm. and, like, in that moment, when I, like, watched that press conference on Twitter, all I could think was, like, wow, this is, like, a hard day for this kid. Even though his Mm -hmm. team won, like, his dreams are kind of, like, going away. And it's hard for me to see it as anything other than that. And then I get frustrated when I see Michigan fans on Twitter who just, like, can't see it as that. Mm -hmm. That's totally valid, too. All right. Do we want to move on to our next um, segment, our post-hant segment? Of course. Maybe something that, like, lifts up the spirits. Yes. Which is our favorite <laughs> non-Michigan college football storyline of the week. Do you want to go first, Charlie? 
I would love to go first because this was the funniest thing I think that has occurred. And it was the Iowa game. Of course it was. So the Iowa Hawkeyes, who I do believe a lot of people expected to be uh, pretty de decent this year, um, especially after, you know, going to the Big Ten Championship, despite, you know, their performance. Anywho, uh, they won against South Dakota State 7-3. to And you may, you know, just like casually looking at the score, be like, oh, yeah, touchdown, do a field goal. Looks like a normal Iowa score. A normal Iowa score. Wrong. Their defense outscored their offense, and by offense, I mean more specifically their special teams unit. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not even their offense. But then, you know, I had to, like, include the caveat because, you know, the offense is the whole reason why they were able to get within field range, blah, 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 blah. Anywho. Their defense had four points because of two safeties. And then their special teams kicked a field goal. So the Iowa Hawkeyes won 7-3 to in a hilarious performance against the likes of South Dakota State. And a fun fact about this game was when they showed the drive of the game, it was a punt. <laughs> so, just absolutely hysterical. I think I'll think about it for, like, the rest of this season. And I've definitely thought about it every single day since it happened. So what about you? What was your favorite non-Michigan story this week? Can I um build on that really quick? Because mm. I had a stat that I was going to use for my two truths and a lie that I got from Jack. Um, and I didn't know how to format it as a truth or a lie. Um, okay. But last year, the team that got the most points from safeties in the season was TCU. And they had four safeties total in the season. Um, and Iowa had two safeties alone just last week. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> do it that way, you will. Um, my favorite non-Michigan football, college football storyline of the week was the most chaotic ending to a college football game ever in LSU-FSU. Um, I'm not even going to try to, like, explain what happened, but I think most people were probably watching it or at least, like, heard about it. It was, like, the most, um, like, you just don't think that it can, like, keep going and then, like, something even weirder happens. Even at the end when I thought they had tied it up um, and I didn't even, like, I wasn't really watching for that extra point because I thought it was just going to go into overtime and then all of a sudden more stuff is happening. So if you didn't watch that game, go back and watch, like, the first or the last five minutes or so. Um, or just watch, like, the last, like, two minutes. Yeah, that's true. You don't really need to watch that much of it. Um, for our next segment, um, we have one called Missed Reads and Airballs. So this is building off of what we used to call our fail, fail list, but now we have kind of a funner name for it, Missed Reads and Airballs. Air um, anything that happened this past week that was a missed read or an airball? You know, just a fail. Yeah. Do you want to go first? <laughs> yes. So... Maybe, like, another one of, like, my favorite things to occur was, you know, a ranked Oregon flying from Eugene all the way across the country to Athens, Georgia, and then kicking a field goal and then going back home after losing 49-3. <laughs> super embarrassing, you know, 
and I don't even think it's just for Florida. I think it's for the Pac-12 in general. Um, I don't even know what to say about that besides, oh my, the Pac-12. <laughs> Things are looking rough for you, buddy. Do you want to do the next one, too? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so the other one that I had was, uh, if you watch the UCU-NC State game, NC State was ranked. Uh, UCU was, you know, making them work for it. Um, and when the kicker was going up, uh, I believe to tie the game, uh, he missed the extra point. And so the UCU Pirates ended up losing to the Wolf Pack uh, by one point. But... Not only did he do that, but he missed a field goal or two. I don't remember the exact amount prior. So that's kind of embarrassing, and you might want to work on that. And you definitely probably lost your job. I'm sorry. College kickers are something else except for Jake Moody. He's on another plane. Money Moody for a reason. Money Mustache Moody. Money (laughs) Money Mustache Moody. (laughs) Money Mustache Man Moody. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of alliteration there. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about how many of our um, players have alliterative names. I know Money Moody, like, isn't his real name, but, but we have Olu well Oluwatimi, Zach Zinter. I, I had, like, a, a running mental list going for a second there. Hannah Harshi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you count me in. <laughs> of course if you. I think I could have gotten a sack. Everyone else got one. I think I would have gotten a sack if I was in last week. Um, we're just going to have to make sure you get into that class that will teach you how to tackle. Yeah, I wanted to like, sign up to take a, a module, but it was for coaches, and I think you had to pay, so I didn't do it. Oh, um, okay, our, cool. next, our next thing on our missed reads and airballs list was Sunday Scaries featuring some of Cade's throws. Um, we kind of went into this. He just like looked a little shaky. And there were some times that he threw the ball away where, like, maybe he that was the right choice. And then there were some times where it was like, I'm confused why you just did that. Yeah, there just seemed to be some disconnect um, with him and his receivers. Maybe a little overthrown, underthrown, off to the side. He had to, like, make the receivers work for it. Or it just, like, hit the receivers weird. It bounced out of, the hand, out of their hands. So, like, maybe it wasn't necessarily completely his fault. But there was definitely some instances where you're like, ooh, why would you do that? But anyway, <laughs> that's why it was just the Saturday scaries. We'll get over it. Move on. Saturday scaries, right? So um, maybe like the biggest like misread and airball is probably the next one right here. <laughs> this one we have like a point, and then we have like six sub points. It's six so. sub points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give our our overarching theme, and then we can like kind of delve into the little the little sub points. So our overarching theme is Mr. Brian Kelly of Notre Dame fame, currently the LSU head coach. Point one. Harley, take it away. <laughs> it's obviously just absolutely phony baloney accent that he's got going on to try and entice the LSU fan base to, like, I have no idea. He drops in faith. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, promptly left as fast as it came. <laughs> and is the next like, point like okay. in reference to the like video from like when he first got there or was there like more oh yeah no go ahead you got it oh it was yeah yeah it was when it was like shortly after he arrived at LSU when he was trying to get recruits oh yeah 
that's super embarrassing and super cringeworthy. And the, the video with the recruit ended up going to Alabama or something. So mm-hmm. it was very funny. He didn't even commit to LSU. Um, like, the next one is, like, weird comments because he, like, never fails to say something just really odd uh, during, like, half, halftime interviews or, like, post-game interviews. This time last year, he w- he made the comment that I guess is a reference to a movie or something where he was like, I'm in favor of execution. I think our whole team needs to be executed, which, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, and then yesterday or not yesterday after the halftime of the LSU FSU game he was like I mean I don't think we can play any worse than we just did or maybe we can (laughs) 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 it's like okay Brian (laughs) (laughs) is that a cry for help (laughs) (laughs) and then the last one um LSU was the only team in the SEC that lost this week. Or I think, honestly, since college football returned. That's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> so, if Kelly, you can't even get a win, but Vanderbilt can, that's saying something. Especially because this is a that. team that won the national championship, like, what, two years ago? <laughs> LSU has not had a winning season since they won the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go, another misread in an air ball. <laughs> LSU Tigers. Uh, Harley, do you want to do the the next non-Brian Kelly one? This one is just also kind of hilarious. Um, so the Virginia Tech ODU game, that's Old Dominion if you're not from Virginia, um, had to be postponed for a little bit because the entire coaching staff got stuck in an elevator. So there was like no one up in like the coaching box. Which is just absolutely hysterical, and I think just added to the whimsy of this past weekend. College football is just... nothing's better. No. Um, and then our last point is there's been kind of an overarching theme of this year's college football season thus far. And I hate it! (laughs) (laughs) The worst Um, theme ever! The overarching theme is puking players. So, Scott Frost said in the preseason that his offensive linemen were vomiting 15 to 20 times per practice, and he said it as kind of a flex, like he thought it was a, like, a a good thing, and he clarified, it's not because they're out of shape, it's because, like, our practices are that hard, and it's like, okay, Scott Frost, that's not a good thing. Like, if they're just getting back into shape, and, like, they maybe didn't train super hard during the offseason, I get throwing up a little bit, but, like, 15 of to 20 times per practice when you're in shape is, like, extremely bad. Um, and then we all know how Nebraska's week zero went, so, like, the puke barely even, like, well, it did not serve a purpose. It was inconsequential <laughs> puke. And then to, like, build on that theme, Purdue was like, oh, let's try it. Um, no. So <laughs> a DB for Purdue, Chris Jefferson, he had a pick six, and then he puked, so it was called the puke six. Um, and then they still lost to Penn State. That's insane. So, the moral of the story is, like, puking, like, doesn't equate to a win. Exactly. Because <laughs> the other one, like, there was another puking player. I don't know who it was on Utah's team, but Utah, also a Pac-12 team. Is Utah a Pac-12 team? 
sure. Yeah, um, it is. And they flew out to Florida, and they played the Gators in Gainesville, which is arguably, obviously, hot and humid, even though, honestly, if you look at the weather temperatures um, in Salt Lake City, it's not crazy difference. Definitely humid there. Anywho, there's just this, like, pan to a player on the sideline, and he just throws up a red Gatorade. And it was absolutely foul. And I'm just like, why is this a theme of the weekend? I hate throw up so much. But it was everywhere. And I really hope that we leave this behind in week one. I really do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Utah did end up losing to Florida. And Utah was ranked above Michigan. Yeah, it's like the Drake curse, but puke. Yeah, so vomit to over their performance, I guess. Definitely vomit over Nebraska. Yeah, but maybe they're vomiting because they know they're gonna lose. You know what? Or they just see like the kind of like offensive defense that they have to run. I would also throw up too. <laughs> you know Scott Frost is your coach. That's why they're throwing out the Throw up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you you're like oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I plead for Scott Frost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna really quickly preview next week's game. Um, as I mentioned earlier, our first three games are kind of the equivalent of an NFL preseason. Um, and this game that we played last week that we won by 44 points should be our most difficult of the first three games, which means there shouldn't be too much that we need to preview with Hawaii specifically. We're more just going to look for the specific things we already talked about with Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. They opened as a 49-point favorite, which I believe they um, were a 33-point favorite against Colorado State. So... Um, this, like, it, it should be a even bigger win than we had against Colorado State. I think someone somewhere said it was going to be the level of, like, the 2016, like, Rutgers level, like, type of performance, so. Good, because I it, watched the probably, game at least once I know a year. You, yeah, I know you do. So, <laughs> it's going to be, like, this level of proportion is going to be, like, insane. So I kind of like, well, I guess I'll leave that for the later. But I honestly project that like we're gonna see a lot of players in this game that you normally would not see. Definitely. Um, <laughs> just for some context about how bad Hawaii is, I mean, not that we're blaming them. They are Hawaii, so they're not like known to be a powerhouse team. Um, they lost Vanderbilt in week zero, sixty-three to ten. And then last week, they lost 49-17 to Western Kentucky. Um, Obviously, Michigan is presumed to be better than both Vanderbilt and Western Kentucky. So those teams are putting like 50-plus points on Hawaii, we should be able to experiment experiment next week. We should be able to try new things. We should not be having to worry about winning the game. That should be a given by a lot. You're going to hang 100. So that was actually, like, we were talking about what success would look like in our book, and I said success to me is going to look like hanging 100 on Hawaii. Although that might yes. be kind of mean. Like, That's maybe we shouldn't mean. do that. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't, like, play to the narrative. But it looks like they're, like, just kind of chilling and already expect to, like, make this, like, trip to Ann Arbor, like, 
kind of like exchange like pleasantries and like be there just to like Mich- make Michigan look good. Like they already know their role. Yeah, and, and like uh, a lot so- of those players are excited about the chance to play in the big house. Yeah. Like it's not like they're going there. I'm sure there are some players who are obviously they're all competitive athletes. Like they want to mm-hmm. win, but. The, the deal is that they're excited they to know their the role yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like i can't wait to go to the big house yeah i get to be part of the largest crowd on a player or whatever um college football saturday today <laughs> i bought Okay, so building on that, Harley, what would... I know I'm skipping around to our last question. What would no, you consider good. a success against Hawaii? Um, again, I won 300 passing yards, um, which I'm not entirely sure will occur, but given the way that JJ likes to run. But regardless, I do think that we're definitely going to outgame them, outgame them um, offensively. Uh, by quite a steep margin, so I I do want an early three hundred passing yard game once again. Amazing. And I wrote specifically hanging sixty three, so <laughs> like a sixty three burger. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and what are you most looking forward to next week? Um, probably like everybody else, I'm looking forward to see how JJ McCarthy is when he gets to start and not coming off the sideline. Although Harbaugh did say yeah. that Cade will get a chance to play next week, so it's not well, like yes. JJ will be playing the whole game. Well, and JJ also got to play last week. But there's, like, a difference, you know, when, like, you're the first one. When For you're sure. We haven't seen drive. JJ yeah. have more than just, like, a few snaps ever. And usually it's, like, later into the game anyways. Mm-hmm. Which is given because he was a freshman last year. But, like... You know, it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Um, and what, if in. anything, are you most nervous about? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I have a blank. Not really yeah. nervous. So maybe I should be nervous about not being nervous. I don't know. I put that I'm nervous that I'll feel bad for Cade when he inevitably loses his starting position. Oh my god. So you think, like, this one game is going to be enough to determine? I mean, didn't Harbaugh, like, say that they were going to name a starter week three? Or am I making that up? Was it just, like, their goal was to name a starter week three? I'm sure that that's the goal, but, you know. He's going to carry it on forever. Maybe he needs a larger sample size. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he just wants a larger sample size. He's going to name a starter. He'll name the starter against against Ohio State. It's like, he has a large sample size for Cade. That's what I don't get. It's like, are we... I don't know. We'll see. Sounds more so for JJ. So then JJ needs a larger sample size. Well, I saw theories that, like, Harbaugh already knew that he wanted JJ as the starting quarterback, and he set up this battle as a way to kind of, like, sell the public on JJ and show everyone how much better he is. But that just doesn't feel like a very Harbaugh move to me. Like, Harbaugh usually isn't afraid to make decisions that the public doesn't agree with. That's fair. You know, I think the public didn't agree to have a quarterback battle. But, you know, here we are. But the public is getting really into it. I cannot wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see Michigan blow out Hawaii. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit boring 
Uh, so don't have your, like, hope tie for, like, an entertaining game. But hey, you know, oh, we're number four in the AP. So let's oh, go. I have another success. My success if, will be... Oh, if go the ahead. season ended today, Michigan <laughs> college football playoffs. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> My other success is I want Hawaii to finish with negative total yards. Oh. Because I remember watching the Rutgers game and, like, Rutgers had negative, like, this Rutgers game in 2016, Rutgers had negative total yards until, I want to say, the fourth quarter. That's spicy request. Yeah. Let's not. I'll give, I'll give them some credit. I'm going to give them, like, 30 yards. Okay. Well, that's not a success. It's a possibility, <laughs> but not a success. <laughs> All right. Um, that was a good little conversation, Harley Garley. Oh, well, thank you, Hanging Banania. We should try this um, again another time. Yes, we will talk to you all this time next week. Um, and oh, we have yeah, some don't plans up our sleeves. We do have plans up our sleeves, so make sure to follow us on Twitter if you're not already. That will, Our Twitters will be across. in the podcast description. Yeah, for sure. All social media to see what we have up our sleeves. Because <laughs> we have things up our sleeves. <laughs> okay. I think Thank we made so that point. <laughs> Go, yes, blue. So we'll see. Go blue. Go blue. Yeah.